I'm not pulling out of my driveway. We all know what that means. It's time for another Drive to Work Coronavirus Edition. Okay, so today I'm going to talk about um, what was my favorite set before I came to work for Wizards. Um, so I'm going to talk about Antiquities. Okay, so Antiquities came out in March on March 4th of 1994. So what happened was um, Wizard of the Coast makes enough product for Magic, thinking it'll last for quite a while. It doesn't. Uh, they put Alpha out, it sells right away. They put Beta out, it sells right away. They put Unlimited out, it sells right away. Um, so they knew they needed to get some other um, some other Magic sets out there. So Richard went off and made Arabian Nights, and they went to the team that was making Ice Age, what we now know as the East Coast Playtefters, so Scaphalias, Jim Lynn, Dave Petty, and Chris Page, and said to them, hey, we need a set. And so uh, they quickly uh, made a small set, so the card, there's 85 unique cards in Antiquities, but all the basic lands have multiple pieces of art. So most people think of it as being a 100-card set in that if you want to collect all the different pieces of art. Um, there were 28 commons, 37 uncommons, 20 rares. Uh, it has an expansion symbol of an anvil. Um, and the the so Arabian Nights was the first kind of top-down set. Richard said, oh, I'm going to make a theme set based on the Arabian Nights. Um Antiquities was the first sort of mechanically-themed set. Um, what the East Coast Playtesters did is they said, we're going to make a set about artifacts. And every single card in the set, minus the lands, so every uh, everything that's not a land, has the word artifact either on its type line or it talks about artifacts in its rule text. So the word artifact appears somewhere on the card. Um, there are the lands that all tap for colorless that obviously are meant to play artifacts, but not all of them, although some of them do reference artifacts, but not all of them reference artifacts. Um, but those are the only cards in the whole set that literally don't have the word artifact on the set, uh, on, on the card. And, and that's just a few, one or two of the lands. Anyway, what happened was this set came out. It came out in eight-card boosters. Uh, you, would buy, you could buy, if you bought a box, there were 60 eight-card boosters in it. Um... And uh, early Magic had a lot of printing problems. The printing problem that went on with this set was that they had messed up the collation and it was possible to get reprints of the same card in the same booster pack. And so they did a buyback where you could send in stuff if you got duplication and they'd send you cards you didn't have. Um, the other really big thing about the set that was something new and different was this is the first set that had a story. Um, I mean, Arabian Nights was based on a story, but it wasn't a magic story. It was just based on an existing collection of stories. Um, and, and Alpha definitely teased characters and things. There were proper names and stuff. But, um, so what they did is they said, okay, we're going to tell a story. But they did it a very clever way because they're like, okay, a trading card, you don't know the order you see things. So what if the story took place many years ago and you are digging up antiquities uh, of the past that are giving hints of things that happen. And so the idea was, it was an event called the Brothers' War. So Urza and Mishra, who are brothers, um, end up getting in a multi, a very, very long war that takes over many years of fighting each other. Um, they uh, they originally find uh, uh, Power Stones, and there's the Might Stone and the Weak Stone. And anyway, they, they go the, the Brothers' War lasts for a long time, and there's a lot of... Uh, artifact creatures that are fighting this war, and you, in the present, are digging up uh, remnants of that war. So, um, anyway, I, from the very beginning of the game, I always liked artifacts. I was a huge fan. The idea that there was a uh, 
set focused on artifacts was really, really cool to me. So I was quite excited by it. And the hint of the story I thought was fascinating. I really liked what it's doing. And it's the first set that really... Um, this is the set that first mentions the Phyrexians for the first time. Um, this is the set... I mean, Urza, Urza and Mishra had shown up in name in Alpha, um, as did Ashnod. Um, but really, this is the story that said, okay, we're going to take some of those proper names and really explain who these people are. So maybe you would... You know, you had owned Urza's glasses or something, but who who was Urza? And all of a sudden, you're learning who Urza was, who Misha was, and such. Okay, so what I'm going to do is go through the set. I'm going to talk about different cards. I'm going to go in um, what would be collector number order, although I don't think there, was, there weren't collector numbers at the time. Uh, but how we how we now order them. Um, so we're going to start with our Givian Archaeologists. So uh, one white, white for one, one, white, white, and tap. Uh... Uh, you and you bring an artifact from your graveyard to your hand. Now I loved her giving archaeologists. Um, this I believe was the first card. There was in Alpha. There was regrowth, which lets you get back anything. Um, but this was a creature. This wasn't a spell that got back stuff. This was a creature and a reusable creature. And so I loved, I made a lot of artifact decks based on this set. And the archaeologist showed up in a lot of them because it allowed me to get back things. And I, I, you know, I thought I thought it was quite cool. Um, next, we have our Givian Archaeologist. One white, white, two, two. Uh, you tap it to prevent two damage to target artifact creature. So, the, a lot of what, um, uh, Scaff and company did in this set was they took things that Alpha had done and found ways to sort of connect them to artifacts. For example, um, there was a card called Samite Healer in Alpha that you could tap it to prevent one damage to any target. Uh, and our Gideon Blacksmith was like, well, I'm like that, except I can't tap for anything. I can only tap to prevent artifact, two ar damaged artifact creatures, but I can do more than semi-healer prevented one damage, this prevented two damage. Ended up being kind of narrow. I don't think this card saw lots of play. Okay, next up we have Artifact Ward and Circle Protection Artifacts. So Artifact Ward costs one white mana. It's enchant creature. Um, and then the creature uh, has basically protection from artifacts. Um, technically when it was printed, it sort of wrote things out. Let's see, is it, is it, let me look at the, um, okay, so it doesn't technically have protection. Enchanted creature can't be blocked by artifact creatures, prevent all damage that would be dealt to enchanted creatures by artifact sources, and enchanted creature can't be a target of, of abilities from artifact sources. This card should have been protection from artifacts. The ward that it is copying gives protection, um, maybe they thought they couldn't do protection from artifacts at the time. Um, but anyway, you'll notice this in Circle Protection is they took cycles that were five-card cycles from Alpha, although, uh, COP Black didn't show up to Beta, but, uh, they took cycles from Alpha Beta, uh, and then they made the Artifact version. So Circle Protection Artifact, one and a white, you spend, um, two mana rather than one, uh, you prevent all damage from an Artifact source. Um, so this is them sort of, like, taking cycles and then just saying, okay, well, this protects you from colors, well, this protects you from, from, artif from Artifacts. Um... Okay, next up, Dampening Field. So Dampening Field is two and a white. Um, players can't untap more than one artifact during their untap step. I'm reading the Oracle text, by the way. Um, when I find fun text that's the original text, I'll read it. But um, So anyway, this card, there was a card in uh, uh, Alpha. Uh, there was two cards. One was called Smoke. And one was called Winter Orb. So Winter Orb only lets you untap one land per turn, and Smoke only lets you untap one creature per turn. Well, Dampening Field was the artifact version of that. 
Uh, Martyrs of Corliss, three white white, one six. As long as Martyrs of Corliss is untapped, all damage dealt to you by artifacts is dealt to Martyrs of Corliss instead. Um, yeah, there is a card in Alpha. A lot of these, uh, you, you see a lot of this early on. Um, this set was made pretty quickly. So there's a, there's a lot of riffs going on. Like, oh, here's something Magic did, but now we're going to do the artifact version of this. Um, and, uh, what was it called? Avatar, uh... Uh, what's it called? Personal, personal, av personal avatar, personal incarnation. Sorry, personal incarnation. This is kind of an artifact version of personal incarnation, which, which was an alpha. Um, reverse polarity, white, white. Uh, you gain X life, where X is twice the damage dealt to you so far by this turn by artifacts. So this is another thing. The the set had a lot of helping artifacts and then protecting you from artifacts. I think this set was a little bit too strong in protecting you from artifacts. Um, this this. This set kind of... Nowadays, when we make sets, we definitely put answers to the set in the set, but this set is a little stronger than that in trying to find the answers. Now, that's all the white cards, by the way. There's only seven uh, of each of the, of the colors in the set. Most of the set is actually artifacts because it's an artifact-themed set. Um, so now we get on to blue. So Drafna's Restoration. Uh, put any number of target artifact cards from target player's graveyard on top of their library in any order. Um, so this allowed you to sort of get back your artifacts, but you didn't draw them. You put it on top of your library. Um, there were some decks that used it, but it, it, it was a little, a little clunky. Energy Flux, uh, Enchantment, two and a blue. All artifacts have, at the beginning of your upkeep, sacrifice this artifact unless you pay two mana. Um, this was... Was this the first? There, there were some other cards that, that, uh, made you tax things. So this might be the first thing... Um, there's a card in Legends that's a land that taxes creatures, but this is before Legends, so this might be the first taxing card that made you tax to keep things. I don't think this is copying, I think this was doing something that had been done before. Okay, Hercules Recall. Return all artifacts target player owns to their own, to their hand. Um, this card saw a lot of play because early magic, uh, with the Moxes and Lotus, and there, there are a lot of artifacts out there, and there's a lot of mana, soul rings, and, um... That Hercules Recall became, uh, saw a lot of play in early magic. Power Artifact. Uh, blue, blue, Enchantment Aura. Enchanted Artifact's abilities cost two less to activate. The effect can't reduce the mana in that cost of less than one mana. Um, so there's a bunch of stuff like this where this you can put it on a singular thing to, to make uh, mana cheaper. Um, we don't do a lot. We do that a little bit, but not as much anymore. Um, oh, Reconstruction. So the next one's Reconstruction. Uh, it's a sorcery. Cost of blue mana. Return target artifact card from your graveyard to your hand. Um, so this was kind of um, in alpha. There was raised dead, which was a single black mana, get an artifact back. So th I'm sorry, get a creature back. So this was just mirroring that um, in blue, though, because blue was. Um, you'll notice here that a lot of blue cards are, are getting back artifacts from your graveyard. They're, they're bouncing them back to your hand, returning from graveyard to top of library. This one gets them back to your hand. Um, Reconstruction is interesting because there was a, uh, a little typo, or not typo, a uh, misprint here. Uh, Reconstruction forgot to put on the expansion symbol. So this is the first card that was from an expansion that didn't have an expansion symbol. Um, and a little, uh, little funny story is 1994 U.S. Nationals um, at the last minute, they announced that you weren't allowed to play any card that had an expansion symbol on it, uh, which meant basically you could only play cards from the core set and not cards from expansions. But Reconstruction was playable because it didn't have an expansion symbol. So in, uh, 
U.S. Nationals 1994, the only card from an expansion that was playable in the format was Reconstruction. Next, Sage of Latinum. Um, so this card actually just got reprinted in Dominaria. Um, so Sage of Latinum is one in a blue. It's a one-two creature, human artificer. Although it was a, it was a sage at the time it was printed. Uh, tap, sacrifice an artifact, draw a card. So it allows you to turn artifacts into card drawing. Um, and it's actually kind of balanced. Like I said, we've reprinted it. Um, we reprinted it in Dominaria because it was it was safe to reprint. Uh, okay, and the final, this was my, one of my favorite cards in the whole set. Transmute Artifact. Blue, blue, sorcery. Sacrifice an artifact. If you do, search your library for an artifact card. If that's a card's converted mana cost is less than or equal to the sacrifice artifact's converted mana cost, put it onto the battlefield. If it's greater, you may pay X for X of the difference. If you do, put it on the battlefield. If you don't, put it into its owner's graveyard and shuffle your library. So what this lets you do is turn an artifact... In, on the battlefield into an artifact from your library, uh, you had to pay extra mana if the thing you're getting was bigger. Um, interestingly, I had so many... I loved, loved, loved this card. Um, I made the card Tinker in Urza Saga because I was trying to make a cleaned-up version of Transmute Artifact and ended up making what R&D has claimed to me the most broken card I ever designed, which was Tinker. But anyway, Tinker was me trying to do a cleaned-up version of Transmute Artifact. I kind of took away the things that kept it in balance, like the paying extra mana. Uh, but anyway... Uh, th this was one of my favorite cards. My favorite white card was Argivian Archaeologist. My favorite blue card was by far Transmute Artifact. Okay, now we get into black. Um, Artifact Possession. So, two and a black, Enchant Artifact. Whenever Enchanted Artifact becomes tapped or a player activates an ability of Enchanted, enchanted Artifact without tapping its activation cost, Artifact Possession deals two damage to that Artifact's controller. So, um, there was a card called Wanderlust... In Alpha, there are a bunch of cards that kind of punish you for having a, a creature or a land or particular things. This was kind of the equivalent for artifacts. Um, it also does damage when you activate it, so it becomes tapped or becomes activated. So it's a little different. Wanderlust just punish you every turn no matter what. Okay, Gate to Phyrexia, one of the big breaks of, of all time. Uh, black, black enchantment. Sacrifice a creature. Destroy a target artifact. Activated this activate this ability only during your upkeep and only once per turn. I think this is the only black card that uh, destroys artifacts. Uh, early magic definitely had the philosophy of, well, yeah, black's not supposed, not supposed to be good at this, so we'll just make it really weak. Um, and this card is weak, but uh, it's now our belief is, look, don't let cards do things they're not supposed to do. Even doing it weak, if the deck really needs it. Like, this card sees play in Commander, I know, because if you're playing a black deck and you really need to get rid of artifacts, this is your only choice. Um, which is the problem with making weak versions of things is if the goal is you're not supposed to do it, even weak things are doable. Um, I think this is the... There's a, a few other cards that do it, but this is introducing Phyrexia. This is one of the few cards that ma ma makes mention of Phyrexia. There's flavor text about Phyrexia. So this is the introduction of the Phyrexians for the very first time, which is, in fact, is Magic's oldest villain. Um, uh, in Legends, we meet Nicole Bola. So a set later, you meet Nicole Bola. So they both are from the first um, year of Magic, basically. I mean... Came out in '94, but if you thought both of them came out before a year of magic had gone by, okay. Next, haunting wind. So enchantment three and a black. When whenever an artifact becomes tapped or a player activates an artifact's ability without tapping its activation cost, haunting wind deals one damage to that artifact's controller. So it's sort of weird. Haunting wind and artifact possession are kind of the same thing, except artifact possession goes on a particular artifact and only punishes that artifact. Where Haunting Wind affects all artifacts. Now, I think it affects everybody. Not just yours, but everybody's. So this is meant a little bit more as a sideboard card. Ah, Phyrexian Gremlins. Um, okay, so Phyrexian Gremlins. Uh, 
I think this card was a Gremlin when it first came out, then became, I think, an Oofy for a while. And then when Gremlins came back in Kaladesh, it went back to being a Gremlin. So two and a black, uh, it's a Gremlin creature. One, one, you may choose not to untap Frexian Gremlins during your untap step. Tap, tap target artifact. It doesn't untap during its controller's untap step for as long as Frexian Gremlins remain tapped. Uh, so there's a series of cards we did for a while early on where you would sort of lock things down. And then as long as this creature stayed tapped, that stayed tapped. Um, why this isn't artifacts, artifacts, I mean, why this isn't black, black kind of locking down artifacts isn't really black. Um, as you can see, there's a lot of, the color pie at the time was like a lot of it hadn't been figured out yet. So I mean, it's not really a, a knock against, um, the East Coast play testers. Like the, the color pie hadn't really solved, resolved some of this. So they sort of did some things. And after the fact, like, oh, okay, let, let's, let's clean this up a little bit. Okay. Next, Priest of Yogmoth. So one and a black for a one, two, human cleric. Uh, sac tap, sacrifice an artifact. Add an amount of black mana equal to the sacrifice artifacts converted mana cost. Uh, there's a card in Alpha called Sacrifice, where you sacrifice creatures to get black mana. This was that, but on a creature and for artifacts. Uh, Zenic Poltergeist. This is my favorite of the black cards. Uh, Zenic Poltergeist, one black, black. It's a one, one spirit. It was, it was summoned Poltergeist originally, but later becoming a spirit. Tap, until your next turn, target non-creature artifact becomes an artifact creature with power and toughness, each equal to converted mana cost. So it, it animated your, your artifacts, your non, your non-creature artifacts, which is really cool. I had a lot of fun decks with this card. Uh, once again, why is this black? It's kind of weird and black, but mo because there was not a lot of definition of what did artifacts, uh, a lot of stuff in Tickwinnies, looking back, I mean, with now it more cleaned and figured out, it does a lot of stuff that we don't let it do anymore. Um, but anyway, this was was a, a pretty cool card. It's my favorite of the black cards. And finally, Yawgmoth Demon, in, in black, that is. Uh, four black, black, Demon, uh, it's a creature, 6-6. Six, six. It's got Flying, First Strike. At the beginning of your upkeep, you may sacrifice an artifact. If you don't, tap Yawgmoth Demon, and it deals two damage to you. So Yawgmoth Demon, there's a card called Lord of the Pit in Alpha, where you sacrifice creatures in order to attack you. This was them doing their version of Lord of the Pit, except this thing likes to eat artifacts. Because uh, Yawgmoth Demon, this is one of the Frexians. Uh, or, I mean, Yawgmoth was of the Frexians, so this is one of the Frexians. Um, okay, now we get into red. Uh, artifact Blast. Red, instant, counter-target artifact spell. Um... Again, there's a lot of color pie violations in antiquities. Red is not red is allowed to destroy artifacts. It is not allowed to counter artifacts. Um, now, obviously, this card does do it, um, but it is not something that red is supposed to do. Red is supposed to be good at destroying them once they're there. Um, but there's a lot of because they made a set all about artifacts. They really stretch things. Uh, and once again, it wasn't like it was established what could or couldn't do something. So, next, a tog. This is clearly, clearly my favorite red card, uh, and one of my favorite cards in the set. Um, the funny thing at the time was Atog, so, so Atog is one and a red, one, two, eight, creature Atog, sacrifice an artifact, Atog gets plus two, plus two until end of turn. Um, there was a lot of belief when this first set first came out that Atog was a bad, bad card. And I made a lot of decks to demonstrate to my friends that Atog was not a bad card, but in fact, a pretty good card. Um, and I made a lot of Atog decks, uh... It, it is, it is, Atog was my favorite creature, uh, up until Morrow, uh, became my favorite. Uh, Atog was my favorite creature for a long time in Magic, or at least in early, not a long time, but in early Magic. Um, so Atog, by the way, is anagram of goat, and the idea is because it eats anything. Um, and, um, uh, I would go on later, my love of Atogs, I would make a mega, mega cycle of Atogs, meaning I made a, a Atog in every color, 
Um, cause we were on Mirage, we were working on like Foratog and I realized it was an Atog in green and, and then after Foratog we made Necrotog and then we made Chronotog and then we made, uh, Oratog. Uh, and then in Odyssey I made multicolor versions of the Atog. I made allied, allied colors of the Atogs. Anyway, I love Atogs. So big Atog fan. Next, Detonate, X and Red, Sorcery. Destroy target artifact with Crota Mana cost X. It can't be regenerated. Detonate deals X damage to that artifact's controller. Uh, so the idea is not only do you blow something up, but it also does, deals damage to them. But it has X in it. Um, red, now, red is supposed to destroy artifacts, so that was a pretty good red thing. Dwarven Weaponsmith, uh, one in red. Dwarf, uh, originally it was just summoned dwarves, uh, even though only one dwarf was pictured. Uh, is now a dwarf artificer, one one. Tap, sacrifice an artifact, put a plus one, plus one counter on target creature, activate this ability only during your upkeep. It's interesting. There's a lot more restrictions of when you can do things. There's a lot more worry that if you can just do it any time, it will cause problems. Nowadays, we're a little more willing to... Like, this probably wouldn't be during your upkeep anymore. Uh, goblin Artisans. Red, 1-1, one, one, Goblin Artisans. A goblin, goblin Artificer. Originally, we just summoned goblins. Uh, tap, flip a coin. If you win the flip, draw a card. If you lose the flip, counter-target artifact spell you control that isn't the target of an ability from another creature named Goblin Artisans. Let me read that again. If you lose the flip, counter-target artifact spell you control that isn't the target of an ability from another creature named Goblin Artifact. Okay, that is a confusing sentence. Um, so basically, counter-target artifact spell you control... That, I'm not even sure I understand what this card is doing. This is a confusing card. Um... Oh, I see, I see. Um... You are only able to cast this spell as you cast an artifact. And then you can flip a coin. And if you win, you get to draw a card. But if you lose, this, the artifact is countered. So weird card in red. Um, the flavor of the goblins sometimes destroy things. Orcish Mechanics, 2R11 uh, Orc. Tap, sacrifice an artifact. It deals 2 damage to any target. Um, the, the, there were orcs. There were orcish, this is sort of the orcish artillery. Orcish artillery didn't sacrifice things, but they did do damage. And then Shatterstorm, two red red, destroy all artifacts that can't be regenerated. Some reason early on in Magic, we just, we were scared to death regeneration. Everything stopped regeneration. Uh, and, and so you see it here, like, now we just destroy it. Uh, for a while, by the way, uh, we had, uh, not, not when, not when Tickers came up, but uh, destroy can't be regenerated, which started to be called Barry for a while, because we did it so much. Um, the reason we don't do Barry anymore is we don't have regeneration, and we don't hose regeneration. Okay, those are the red cards. So now we get into the green cards. Okay, our Argothian Pixies. I love Argothian Pixies. So Argothian Pixies are one in a green, two, one, creature fairy. They can't be blocked by artifact creatures. Prevent all damage that we dealt to Argothian Pixies by artifact creatures. Once again, for some reason, they didn't get the idea they could do protection from artifacts, which is what this card wants. Um, I mean, it, it doesn't have all of it, but it, it was trying to mimic uh, protection from artifacts. Same with our Argothian Tree Folk. Three green, green, three, five. Prevent all damage that would be dealt to our growth and tree for artifact sources. So both of those kind of want to be protection for artifacts. Um, Pixies uh, are, are my favorite of the ones that are here. I had a deck, a little weenie deck. Uh, and because the um, Misha's factories were so much of a problem, uh, our growth and Pixies were key to my deck digging through the, the Misha. I'll get to Misha's factories. Um, this is probably a two podcast thing just because uh, uh, I can see from my clock. I'm going to get through half the set, but I'm not going to get through all the set. Uh, okay, Sindel Druid. One in a green, one, one. Human Druid. Or the original was just a summoned Druid. Uh, when an opponent casts an artifact spell, put a plus one counter on Sindel Druid. So, Richard had made a creature, um, that whenever a creature died, you got a plus one, plus one counter. 
Um, and so I think they were riffing off of that. Um, Alpha did have things with plus one, plus one counters, but, like, Fungasaur got a plus one, plus one counter when you were damaged, so Alpha and Arabian Nights has sort of made a few cards that, like, when X, when thing X happens, get a plus one counter. Uh, because this is an artifact spell, uh, now note that it's not when anyone casts an artifact, it's only when the opponent casts an artifact. Nowadays, we tend to do things more of when you do it so you can build around it. Crumble. Crumble is an instant for green. Destroy target artifact. It can't be regenerated. That artifact's control regains life equal to its converted mana cost. Uh, this was basically swords for plowshares, but for artifacts. Um, in which I'm destroying it for one mana and giving you life. It obviously has a can be regenerated, because we, we did that everywhere. Um, and Crumble was very, very good. Uh, um, it was a one-mana answer. It was actually stronger than Shatter, which was a two-mana answer. And artifacts were all over the place in early magic, so Crumble saw a whole bunch of play. Gaia's Avenger, one green green, tree folk, one plus star, one plus star. Although on the original card, it was star plus one, star plus one. Um, it was a tree folk. Uh, originally, it was summoned Gaia's Avenger, but now it's a tree folk. Gaia's Avenger's power and toughness are equal to one plus the number of artifacts your opponent controls. So once again, it's a star, star, star plus one, star plus one, uh, equal to, but based on the opponent, not yours, you can't build around this. You can sideboard it against your opponent's deck, or if your metagame has a lot of artifacts, um... Power Leech, green, green enchantment. Whenever an artifact an opponent controls becomes tapped or an opponent activates an ability without tapped activates, you gain one life. So this is the mirror to Haunting Wind. So whenever they use an artifact, you gain a life rather than they lose a life. So it's the mirror. Uh, it's not creatively mirrored, but it's, it's the mirror to that. And finally, Titania Song, um, which I think... Is Titania Song my favorite green card? Titania Song or Argothian Pixies. We'll call it a tie. I did love this card a lot. Titania Song, three and a green enchantment. Each non-creature artifact loses all abilities and becomes an artifact creature with power and toughness each equal to its converted mana cost. If Titania Song leaves the battle, if this effect continues until end of play. So it animates all your artifacts. Um, so Xenic Poltergeist animated it uh, temporarily, and it, this could do one creature. This did all of them. I, I made a whole bunch of animating artifact decks, so I did love Titania Song, and I did love Xenic Poltergeist. And I don't think Pixies was a key part of my deck, so I, I really enjoyed that. Okay, so now we get to the artifacts. So let me, um, to, I only needed a few, then I'll be halfway through, and then probably we'll wrap up for today. But I'll come back next time with my next podcast to talk about the rest of the cards. Amulet of Krug. Um, I believe that this is referencing uh, Urza's wife. Um, uh, Krug is where she is. She is from Krug. Um, and anyway, uh, two and tap. Prevent the next one damage that will be dealt to any target this turn. Uh, so it was kind of like a semi-healer, but semi-healer was just tap, and this was two and tap, and man, 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 just tap is so much better. Th this card was a pretty weak card. Um, Armageddon Clock! Armageddon Clock costs six, it's an artifact. At the beginning of your upkeep, put a Doom Counter on Ar Armageddon Clock. At the beginning of your draw step, Armageddon Clock deals damage equal to the number of Doom Counters on it to each player. So basically, it just... Uh, and then, uh, four, colon, remove a Doom Counter from Ar Armageddon Clock. Any player may activate this ability, but only during any, any upkeep step. So, um, I think Richard had done a card in Arabian Nights that anybody could activate. This was a card, uh, also a card that anybody could activate. The idea, essentially, is it just does more and more damage over time, uh, except players have the ability to slow it down. So if you put it out and you want damage to happen, then maybe you're making your opponent waste mana to try to slow it down. Um, anyway... Uh, the very first uh, t-shirts that Magic made were Vesuvian Doppelganger, um, Vesuvian Doppelganger, Nightmare, and Armageddon Clock. Um, the, there was a Hurlum Minotaur made just for um, uh, 
for employees. Uh, but those were the first three shirts ever made with magic. Armageddon Clock was one of them. It was a very odd choice. This wasn't a particularly popular card. Uh, the art by Amy Weber is a very cool piece of art, which is, I'm sure, why they chose it. Um, but it was an odd choice, just because, like, um, the Suvin Doppelganger Nightmare, a lot of people played. They were very popular cards. Armageddon Clock was not a very popular card. Uh, so it was definitely an odd choice. Okay, next, Ashnod's Altar. So Ashnod is, uh, was um, Mishra's right-hand person. Uh, she was sort of his apprentice, I guess is probably a better term. So uh, Ashnod's Altar, three artifact, sacrifice a creature, add two colorless mana. Uh, this card did see a bunch of play, um, just because it converted creatures into mana, colorless mana, but still. Uh, there's definitely some decks that, that played, especially early on in Magic. Um, next, Adnod's, Ashnod's Battle Gear. Ashnod's Battle Gear, two artifact. You may choose not to untap Ashnod's Battle Gear during your untap step. Two and tap. Target creature you control gets plus two, minus two for as long as Ashnod's Battle Gear remains tapped. Um, so this is the early versions of equipment. This is kind of proto-equipment. Equipment didn't happen until mirrored in. You'll notice, like, it's flavored as equipment. You can only use it on your creatures, and it has this kind of... I can keep it tapped so I can put it on my creature and keep it on my creature, but I then can take it off and put it on another creature. So this is definitely early on. Ashnod's a little bit of a masochist, uh, so the idea that her armor, like, makes you more powerful, but it also hurts you to wear it, so plus two minus, so I thought that was pretty flavorful. Okay, next, Ashnod's Transmogrant. Ooh, I played, I played this card a lot. Uh, one artifact, tap, sacrifice Ashnod's Transmogrant, put a plus one, plus one counter on target non-artifact creature, that creature becomes an artifact in addition to its other types. So the cool thing with this card is not only did it make a plus one, plus one counter, um, but it turned things into artifacts. And because there were a lot of artifact shenanigans that the set made, the ability to turn something into an artifact uh, was pretty cool. And so I had a lot of decks that... that use this card as a means to include some non-artifacts so I could turn them into artifacts to care about them being artifacts. So this was definitely something I got a lot of use out of. Um, okay, I got three more cards, and then I think I'm halfway through, and then we will wrap up for today. Battering Ram. Battering Ram, it costs two. Uh, it's an artifact creature, a construct. Originally, artifact creatures didn't have creature types at this time, so it didn't have a creature type originally. One, one. At the beginning of combat in your turn, Battering Ram gains banding until end of combat. Whenever Battering Ram becomes blocked by a wall, destroy that wall at end of combat. So the idea was it had banding but only on attack, and it destroyed walls, so it kind of don't block it with walls because it, it was a Battering Ram. Um, a very top-down design. Next, Bronze Tablet. Cost six um, artifact. Remove Bronze Tablet from your deck if you're not playing for anti. Uh, bronze Tablet enters the battlefield tapped. Four and tap, exile Bronze Tablet, and target non-token permanent an opponent owns. That player may pay ten life. If they do, put Bronze Tablet into its owner's graveyard. Otherwise, that player owns Bronze Tablet and you own the other exiled card. Okay, so... Uh, so the idea here was, if your opponent puts something up... So, Anti, when Magic first came out, the way you would play... This was the, the default rules, although very, very few people played with Anti early on. But the default rules was, you drew seven cards, your eighth card went aside, um, and the winner of the game got the loser's card. That's how Anti worked. Um, this card lets you, if you get this card, you can trade your bronze tablet for your opponent's anti-card, basically. Um, and so even if you lost the game, you still could get their anti-card. Um, anti did not last very long, and so this is early enough there's still anti-cards in the set. The, the, the anti-cards would... Anti left... Anti was officially the way to play when Magic first came out. Almost nobody did it. It was very... 
I mean, I used to go to some anti-nights where there was a, I had a friend that ran a, a shop and they would do once a month anti-nights and we'd make special decks where you knew you were anting. But um, early magic, you would sit down and go, we're not playing for anti, right? That was just kind of how you would start games when you would play against strangers. Okay, the last and final card, and then I'm halfway through the set, is Candelabra of Taunos. A very powerful card. One artifact, uh, cost one, it's an artifact. X tap, untap, X target lands. Um, there are lands in the set that I will get to in the next podcast, the Urza Tron, that can tap for more than one mana. So uh, this card allowed you to basically go up way in mana. The, the, the real, I mean, there were other reasons to untap lands. I'm not saying that the only reason to untap lands was mana, but one of the strengths of this card was there are some cards that tap for a lot of mana, and this lets you untap from the cost of one mana. Uh, and so for one mana, you can get more than one mana. So it allowed you to really get huge amounts of mana. Um, but anyway, uh, this card was a very powerful card. It was uh, restricted long, long ago. Um, but anyway, uh, it was pretty cool. Tanos, by the way, is the... Uh, Ashnod was the apprentice to Mishra. Tanos was the apprentice to Urza. Uh, and for those who don't know the story, Tanos and Ashnod had a thing for a while... Uh, Starcross lovers sort of thing. Uh, but anyway, guys, I can see my desk and I realize I've, I passed my halfway point or I passed the 30 minute mark. So um, I've made it halfway through. So anyway, guys, I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. Uh, but since I can see my desk, we all know what that means. It means it's the end of my drive to work. So instead of talking magic, it's time for me to be making magic. So guys, I hope you enjoyed my uh, my walk through antiquities, but I'm not done. So come back next time and I will do the, the second half. So anyway, I hope you guys enjoy this as much as I enjoy revisiting antiquities. One of my favorite like I said, one of my first ever favorite sets. Probably my first favorite set of magic. Anyway, guys, I will see you next time. Bye-bye.